0: The joy to be together and worship and offer our praise to the living word who has himself given us his word. Uh, I wonder if you're you're listening to the songs of the Advent season, singing those songs. Uh, I think there is no greater news and no greater joy uh, that is ours as we consider the coming of our King to his people, the long awaited Lord Jesus. So we'll turn again to Luke chapter 2 this morning. Uh, we've heard of the coming of this king, the salvation song through Mary uh, from the lips of Zechariah. We've heard it from the angels. And again, this morning from a man that we really don't know much about other than what we read here in Luke chapter 2. Uh, this, is, uh, well, this is intentional. We know Dr. Luke is not giving us details and giving us uh, other details uh, for a purpose. Not the identity of this man, but what he does, what he says. Uh, That's so important. Um, So this song comes uh, after the birth of Jesus, approximately one month or so later. uh, Mary and Joseph are on their way to the temple in Jerusalem to satisfy the requirements of the law. Uh, Mary and Joseph are devout uh, Jewish parents. Uh, So after eight days... Uh, Jesus was given that sign of the covenant and circumcision, and now it was time to present Him to the Lord as the firstborn uh, of these parents. Uh, also time for Mary to offer sacrifices uh, for purification. We won't talk about all the details uh, which we have there in the roots in the Old Testament, uh, but actions very significant in identifying who Jesus is, um, what He has come to do. Uh, so I'll mention that briefly in a few minutes, but... Obedience to the law of Moses, that they bring Jesus into this temple court. And then we're going to meet Simeon, uh, just an extraordinary man of God here. And I'll begin reading at verse 22 of Luke 2. It says, When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. A song of consecration, a song of uh, parting for this dear saint. Let's pray together. Lord God, the light is growing brighter for us in this season. The light of expectation and hope at the very coming of You, our Savior. The coming of Emmanuel. Lord, we wonder anew this morning that You, the Lord of all creation, would come to us humbly, meekly, squirming as an infant child, one that we see held by Simeon, a smile on his face, knowing that the wait is over. That salvation has come. Lord, we thank you for this word. And we pray that by your Spirit now, you would work this word, not only what it means, but how to apply it and live in light of it this day and in the days ahead. Speak faithfully, we ask, through your servant to be glorified in the proclamation of your word. Make us attentive. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I don't sleep very well on airplanes. Uh, typically, you're sitting straight up, and there's barely any leg room, even for a short guy like myself. So some of you, I think, are going to have an even harder time sleeping on airplanes. There's usually a public you know, service announcement. Um every few minutes or um, some lights flashing or something like that kind of like laying in a hospital bed it's hard to get rest and so the, the longest ride i've ever been on a plane was about 12 and a half hours and so we were flying east into the evening and all night long and so i spent a lot of time staring out the window into darkness just waiting and once we got you know over the The Mediterranean, over Europe, you could see some lights from the cities, but it was really not much to look at. And then about halfway over Egypt, there was a glimmer of light to the east. And a little while later, a thunderstorm silhouetted against the rising sun over the Red Sea. The wait was finally over. I, I could begin to see again. And looking out the window, my body was exhausted. All I wanted to do was sleep. Um, But the sun was rising. Something to see. God makes a promise to Simeon. We don't know how old he was. May have been more advanced in years at this point. And that promise is that he would not sleep. He would not die until he saw the light. Until he saw the sun rising. God's only son. But until that time, he had to wait. Wait patiently for the consolation. Wait patiently for deliverance of God's people. Just think about that kind of wait. Waiting every day, trusting that God would fulfill His promise. That was the longing of Simeon's heart. To see this salvation. To know the peace that comes with God's faithfulness. And, And there's no doubt that you know, the Holy Spirit sustained Simeon while he waited. But when he held the Lord Jesus in his arms, he knew that that wait was over. The sun had risen for him. He knew peace. And that's, that's a weight that we're familiar with. That's, that's something we can, we can resonate with. God has placed eternity in our hearts and we long for what is to come. We're always on the lookout for this peace. And we're actually looking for it in in the stuff that we buy. Or the positions that we may shoot for. The comfort level that we try and maintain. We even fight for this peace with the, the officials that we elect. Or the laws that we put in place. But are we really looking in the right place? What kind of peace are we really after? Peace of mind? Peace in relationships? Financial peace? You know, Those are all worthy goals. But even if you had peace in all of those areas, would you truly be at peace? Temporarily, maybe. But now the longing of our hearts. We don't need a, a temporary, well, this just makes me feel real good sort of peace. Our hearts demand a lasting peace, an eternal peace with our God. It's extended in the person and work of his son. So, what did Simeon know? How could he depart this life uh, in peace? And we learn several things through this song, through the blessing of God and then the blessing of the parents of this child. Okay, to God, this song is full of joy, it's hopeful. Salvation rings through His words. But then the song to Mary is more somber. It's a warning. Her son will bring division. Not all people will accept him and look to him. So we see both both blessings. Both the salvation and the sword that comes with Simeon's word here. So Simeon is, is waiting on the promise of God. A promise that he would see the Lord's Christ. Beautiful play on words here. He would not see death before he had seen the Lord's anointed. So in faith, he would see life before death. The Spirit shows him that this child satisfies all of those requirements of the Savior. He's the one that Simeon's been waiting for. Savior who identifies fully with his people, with those he came to save. The verses just prior to, uh, to Simeon's entrance here into the temple help us uh, understand this. Maybe recall the words of the Apostle Paul later on to the church, when he says the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. So the first shedding of blood for Jesus is at his circumcision where He identifies with his people. Mary's purification. And these sacrifices are all done under the law. So from the very beginning, we see Jesus fulfilling all righteousness by keeping the law of God. Later when he is baptized by John the Baptist, it's to identify with us, with fallen humanity. To fulfill all righteousness. Jesus didn't need to be baptized. John's baptism actually pointed to Him because Jesus is the one who would baptize. He's the true baptizer and would do that with the shedding of His blood again at the cross. So this is that, this is that great reversal that we often talk about, that great exchange that's at the very heart of Christianity. It really starts here with, with the birth of Jesus where He identifies with His people and the need for cleansing. Cleansing that He would complete at the cross. Here's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5. For our sake, He made Him to be sin who knew no sin. Circumcision, purification of His mother, baptism, those are all things that sinners need. He took upon Himself. So that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. So He identifies fully with our sin, takes our sin and credits us with His righteousness. It doesn't. It's not natural to us. We still have lots of ugly stuff, lots of, of junk under here. But He robes us with His righteousness. This is what our God has done. It starts right here in the birth of Jesus. Probably say amen right now and just contemplate that for the rest of our days. Only Jesus could be the one. Only Jesus could be the one. The promise that Simeon was waiting for. The promise he was shown by the Holy Spirit. Do you hear that description of Simeon? Simeon walked with the Spirit, was directed by the Spirit, certainly in a unique way here to preserve this message for us so we could see this promise fulfilled. But how often do we give attention to our own walk with the Spirit? We have confidence. That our decisions, that our actions, are directed by the Spirit of God. I'll often hear, "I just want to, I just want to to do what's in God's will. I want to align with His will." Maybe you've heard that, thought that, and that's marvelous. That's a good path to be on for our hearts. But do you have any any confidence that that's what's happening? Most of you have been through surgery at some point, some of you more recently. Um, when you have surgery and it's scheduled for 9 o'clock, you get there at 8.45, have your surgery, and you're out by 10. That would be quite a medical system, wouldn't it? Um, I've never seen that happen for anyone. Okay, typically, if the surgery is at 9, you're there by 7, if not earlier, so that you can prepare, that they can prepare your body for this procedure with the the maximum chance of success. We see here that, that Simeon has been prepped. He's in tune with the Spirit and ready to hear. Verse 25 says he's a man righteous and devout. He's ready to hear from God because he wants to hear from God. Does that describe us? Are we prepped spiritually? To hear from God and align with His will. Certainly this comes when we're on our knees in prayer. or we're reading, studying God's Word. Do we have a desire to, to be in the Word? We must be a people of the Word if it is the Word of God that we want to hear. And align with and making our decisions. I was standing in the back here before the service started and I saw our our daily bread devotional, which is um, it's a great help. There's some good, good stories in there. It gets us into the Word a little bit. But if the daily bread is your only intake of the Word, then you are starving. God's given us a feast in His Word. Read larger sections. Take notes. Ask questions. In doing so, you will, you will hear from the Lord. You'll be more in tune with the Spirit in your own life, in the life of the church. And along with this, do we have teachable spirits? Are we willing to be shepherded and have those in our lives who are asking us the hard questions, who are keeping us accountable spiritually? You know, to ignore that, to kind of trivialize that, we're you know that, that's a grace of God. We're just kind of stopping our ears, in the leading of His Spirit. So Simeon waited patiently, in tune with the Spirit of God. And he's rewarded by seeing the Savior that he would spend forever adoring. You know, I think uh, not, not many people ask to die. Some do. If the physical pain is just so great, they want to escape that. Maybe the emotional struggle is so great, they just want, to, they just want the pain to go away. They want to die. When Simeon asked to die here, He's not trying to escape. He's expressing the peace that is now his. to Dimitis, now dismiss his absolute confidence that dying is what should come next for him. We don't know how long it was before Simeon actually died and his soul was with the Lord. But he was ready to die because he had seen the salvation of God, seen the light. It was a light for him, for all the people. The very glory of the Jew, the recipient of God's revelation, or the Jews, a light in the darkness of the Gentiles. Isaiah 40 tells us that. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. So Simeon could see, he gazed with eyes of faith upon this light. He knew he was holding the salvation of God. That confidence is ours. As we gaze upon Christ with eyes of faith. I think of so many are going to gaze upon Jesus you know, during this Christmas season, it may be on a nativity scene that's in the church or outside the church. Or they'll gaze upon Jesus, you know, portraits of Him in a Christmas card. Or they may watch you know, what, what we've read in Luke chapter 2. They may watch that played out in a program of some sort. They'll see Jesus, but not really see Him even though he's being paraded in front of them. we must see Jesus with eyes of faith, hearts that bow before him as Lord, as Savior. And only with that uh, Spirit-given vision can we have any lasting peace, confidence at the time of death. So do we really see Jesus the way Simeon did? And that's the summary of this song. See Jesus with eyes of faith and be saved. See him with eyes of faith and be saved. So Simeon blesses God, then he turns to the parents. Um, you have to be just amazed at what is they're hearing about their son, what it is they've already heard. And now this man comes in and tells them that he holds the salvation in his arms marvel at this. I mean, I think for any parent, it would just sort of, you see the glow on their faces. They they rejoice. They took pride in their son. Maybe you've seen the comic strip. I don't even know where it came from anymore, but it shows three women on three different donkeys. And there's a sticker on the back of one donkey that says, my child is an honor student. There's a sticker on the back of the other donkey that says, my child's uh, in medical school. And then you see One of the women sort of looking over with disgust and the word bubble above her head is, well, if it isn't Mary and Joseph and the sticker on the back of Mary's donkey is my child is God. That's the funny part. Um, They marveled. They didn't fully understand who this child was, but that sticker says exactly what it is they were hearing. I think any, you know, any parent's chest is going to swell a little bit um, at that type of news. But then Simeon shares something with them that they haven't heard before. Um, something we don't hear in the other uh, songs up to this point. Simeon says their child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel. A sign that is opposed. Not all are going to welcome this child. Not all will rejoice in His coming. And we we know by now that a lot more than just some are going to oppose Him. They'll they'll turn from the the light, reject the salvation. We know this opposition will eventually lead to His death. Now, Now that's going to be hard news for any parent. Can you imagine how that would pierce the heart of Jesus' mother. And, and that's the point that he makes in this message. A sword will pierce your own heart, Mary. The journey that your son is going to make is going to be painful, personally painful for her. Because his mission is nothing less than the, you know, the very means of salvation and judgment for humanity. The prophet Isaiah. Simeon alludes to Isaiah in multiple places here. He says in chapter 8, And he will become a sanctuary and a stone of offense, and a rock of stumbling to both houses of Israel, a trap and a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And many shall stumble on it. They shall fall and be broken. They shall be snared and taken. The fall and rising of many. The light will be opposed. So that we get... To John's Gospel, he writes, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. The world was made through Him, yet the world did not know Him. And His own people did not receive Him. So the road for this child, the road that brings such joy and peace will be a road of humility and suffering. And This is, this is a road. The road to the cross That road of suffering is unique to Jesus. But the the road of suffering itself, that is something that we share with Him. If they have opposed and rejected the light, they will oppose those who walk in the light. Do not be surprised, Peter says, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice. They're still rejoicing. Just as we rejoice at the coming of this King, we must rejoice in suffering for His name and for His glory. And that, that suffering is going to come in different ways. Some of you have you experienced this? Suffering that may, may come in through your family, through the workplace, through your teachers, through the, the cultural pressures, even legislation. But it will be there. They will be there until the true King, our suffering servant, returns. The light will be opposed and hearts will be exposed by this light. This is how Simeon ends uh, his word to Mary. Uh, Those who are proud, who are arrogant, just self-exalting, they will fall before Him. Even use Mary's own Spirit-inspired words. They'll be scattered and left empty. But those who see Jesus with eyes of faith who recognize their need, who humble themselves before Him, they will be exalted. They will rise with Him. The fall and rising of many, even in the resurrection to the very glory of God. That's the hope of the redeemed. So That when our hearts are exposed by the light of Christ's coming, we might fall on our faces and worship, living the rest of our days. Uh, in the light of His grace. Now that is not easy. That is a battle that you are going to face today, or already facing today. Inner conflict between the Spirit of God and the flesh. King Jesus is an affront to our own desire for control. Our own desire for power. I mean, to put it simply, our own God complex. this, This was true for King Herod when he heard that this Child had been born. He says, "Well, where is he? I want to go worship him." Yeah, right. Whether he's a child or not, it is a threat to King Herod, and he'll do anything he can to destroy him. How the heart of Herod is the flesh in us, warning against Emmanuel, all the allegiance and devotion that he deserves. That's an everyday fight for us. We will not know the peace of God until we repent and submit fully uh, to His Lordship, to His Word uh, to us. Uh, church, there, there are just so many folks living right now, living day to day in the hope that it's all just going to pan out in the end for them. And we die that whatever pain that they may be experiencing will be over and then hopefully you know, people will say nice things when they're gone or... Whatever pastors around at the time. They're walking in the dark, living with a false, a false confidence. Hearts that are just scandalized by a message that salvation comes through a cross, that it comes through suffering. Message that demands humility, demands repentance and so the gospel that's preached the hope the the joy the the comfort the peace they sort of place on a hook so that at the time when they die they they hope to just grab it or hope that maybe their their family their, their loved ones will just be able to take that friends if you've not submitted your heart to christ if you are not bearing fruit in keeping with repentance when you die it will be too late you will die eternally, and your pain will have only just begun. Just as man is destined to die once, and after that, to face judgment. This is the Song of Simeon. Anyone who sees Jesus with eyes of faith is prepared to die. If you have not, you are in no way ready to die. So let, let that message just sink in. I mean, let, let that in, in, inspire us to share this hope. To work out our salvation with fear and trembling in the grace of God. That grace is extended to all peoples. There's none who are outside of God's saving grace. When that grace has captured your heart, when it's captured the hearts of your loved ones, and you're resting upon Christ alone, you're not only ready to die, you are ready to live. with a a freedom that you have never known before. Um, So when the the sun started to rise over the Red Sea, I knew my wait was coming to an end. I'd be able to see the land and, and enjoy just a little bit more of this journey that was ahead of me. When Simeon saw the Lord Jesus, with eyes of faith, he knew the wait was over. He could take joy and rest in what remained of his journey. The light of Christ exposes the darkness, exposes our need. Will you see him that way? Will we rise with the Son, who, himself, as we read earlier, is risen with healing in his wings? Or are we going to trip over him because he's getting in the way of our own pursuits, our own pleasures? claims to the throne in our heart god fulfills his promise to semen and to all who see his son with eyes of faith let's be those who see him that way this season would you pray with me lord help us to fix our gaze upon the light the gaze upon christ who is our light who is our very life Lord, in this very moment, into this day, we'll war against it. Lord, we pray that You would work in us a deeper love for You. That we would hate our sin. That we would turn from it. That we would walk in the light and find peace. The peace that our hearts long for. Lord, in this season of celebration, Looking back, we remember and we celebrate your Advent. And we look ahead, we long for with great hope, a sure hope of your return. Come Lord Jesus. Come Prince of Peace. We might see the salvation that is already ours, but see you, our salvation, as Simeon did so long ago.